Hello, welcome to Her Wild Side episode four. This is the first one where I think we will actually have a, a good video to go along with it. Um, anyway, I am Mickey, your host, your hostess with the mostest, um, and AKA Hockey She Wrote on social media. And yeah, uh, this is episode four, like I said, and I am slowly learning as I put each episode out what I need to add, what needs to be better. And I think we finally solved the issue of uh, audio and video being out of sync. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that this is the first one that I can release as a video and actually, you know, be like, hey, we did it. <laughs> um, anyway, I am recording this on Monday. So that is after the Rangers game on Saturday and before they play the Islanders tomorrow. So I'm going to go kind of in order of things that have happened since I recorded the last podcast, which was last Wednesday which means that we get to start with the very fun peanut butter and jelly, not weird wild commercial. Now I did write a whole article about this and I will link it in the show notes if you would like to uh, click and read a little more on my analysis. But I think the best thing about these not weird wilds is the willingness that the players have to actually do these silly things. And, and these are players um, the whole range, the younger rookies, the older veterans, we've got the superstar, we got the fourth liners, we've got, they all are willing to do these silly things. And I love that they're willing to do that for this team and for the fan base because they know it's for the fan base. But anyway, there are a few things about the video that uh, I have to point out. And the first, and this is what everyone has noticed, is why is Kaprizov riding a bike without shoes on? Now, I'm going to say, so I've got kids. My rules when they are going to go ride their bike is you have to wear a helmet and you have to wear shoes and, and shoes, shoes. I don't mean flip-flops. You have to wear shoes. So the fact he wasn't wearing shoes, like, doesn't that hurt? I feel like most pedals have those little spiky things. And I feel like that would just hurt your feet. But you know what? I don't know. Uh, he's a tough Russian. He came from Serbia. So maybe that's just kind of, he doesn't even care. Now, the other funny thing is there's the part where they are sitting in the little chairs next to each other. And Kaprizov is looking at his phone and he starts laughing and then he shows it to, to Zuki and they laugh together. But if you, if you pause the video and you look, they're literally just looking at his lock screen. <laughs> I, I love that they, they did not even try to find something that would maybe be actually funny to laugh at, but they were, I mean, it's good acting. They do look like they are genuinely enjoying whatever it is they're laughing at. I just, I like that they were just like, nope, not even going to do that. Just like, Let's laugh and move on. And the friendship bracelets. Now, this is a theme that I feel like is, is running through a lot of things this week. Um, the friendship bracelets, I'm not a Swifty. I appreciate Swifties. I'm just not one. Uh, but that whole friendship bracelet thing is very interesting to me. And I love it. It's kind of made its way into other places like hockey. I know that there have been some people who have given some of the players friendship bracelets or thrown them on the ice. And I love when I spot some of them wearing them. And uh, I'll, I said it on my Twitter and I will show you again. I got this really great. It says Jeek. I don't know if we can see it with the light. Uh, this really great bracelet when I met uh, one of my Twitter mutuals when I went to the home opener. And I wear this every game, even when I'm watching from home and I love it. And I just love the idea of having another thing to share with people in the hockey world. And 
you know, I don't, I've, I've actually considered trying to make bracelets and I would love to. I also have this tendency to pile a lot of things on my plate and then get very overwhelmed. So that's kind of at the bottom of my list, but maybe that would be really fun. So we're going to go. So they dropped this PB&J commercial on the morning of the New Jersey Devils game. I think everyone was just so tense that they were like, you know what? We got to drop this. We got to let everyone kind of loosen up and have a little more fun. And I'm going to say overall, I mean, okay, the Wild lost. But they were looking better. And that's kind of been the theme is, is since they kind of really tanked, it's just been, lo- they've been looking better. Now, one of the biggest things was that Matt Boldy was back in the lineup. And just by adding him, you are adding not only, you know, a, a superstar kind of scoring guy, you are also adding an important part of your first unit power play. Having him back in, in the lineup is huge. And even just the idea of him being there. You know, a guy that's supposed to be there, being there. And that's kind of what we're going to get eventually when we get Spurgeon back in the lineup. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Now, one thing that they did before the game, and they posted the video on uh, Instagram, and they did this really, really touching video of sticks out for Adam Johnson. And having each of the players come into the, the hallway, and it was you know, dimly lit and very, um, they were, they all seemed very pensive and very thoughtful and everyone put their sticks out for Adam Johnson. And I just thought it was a really great, very simple, but very great and meaningful video to put out. And, you know, there've been a lot of those for Adam and it just was another, like, you know, it, it brought tears to my eyes because, that's just the hockey world can be very small sometimes. Whew, a little heavy. Anyway, um, but so back to the Devils game. Now, we know that Kirill Kaprizov has been having a little bit of trouble scoring. He's still on the score sheet because that's just how he is. But he did finally get a power play goal against the Devils, and that's going to help. You know, the more he gets, the more it's just going to build. It's going to keep building. Uh, we also had an amazing Rossi goal. Rossi is just on fire and I love watching for him during the game. I love finding him on the ice because not only is he scoring, he's just this massive influence on the ice. He has this presence, you know, he has what, what Billy G wanted him to get, which was the FU in his, in his play again. He is not just hidden out there like he was at the beginning of last year. He's very noticeable. He is making plays. He is being physical. And then he's scoring goals on top of it. And I am so excited for him. And one trend that started in this game was mixing up the the lines and putting Rossi on the first line. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that when I am getting into the Rangers game. But let's just, I'll just say that he deserves it. And on or during the Devils game, they also were showing on their social media that some of the Vikings players were there to support the team. And that's 
I don't know if this happens in other places. I'm sure it does. But I like in Minnesota that the different teams support each other. You know, the Wild went to watch the Twins. They've been to watch the Vikings. The Vikings and the Twins have come to watch the Wild. They, you know, they try to be very um, supportive of each other. And I love that. So then they knew we were going to have a little bit of time before we got to the next game, the Rangers. So they were like, you know what? We heard you on social media. Here are the ASMR bloopers. And the bloopers are almost no, not almost better. About just as good <laughs> as the actual ASMR video. My favorite, absolute hands down favorite is Freddie Goudreau. When he, he goes, this is getting weirder, your stuff, guys. It, because like, yes, <laughs> you're right. Uh, you're right, Fred. It is. It is getting weirder. And you know what? The fans love it. So I'm sorry that you play for a team that has really weird fans. But we appreciate all of the hard work. And again, I'm going to say on this one, the, the ASMR, the willingness of these players to actually do these things, to, to whisper these things that kind of seem silly and to tap these sticks together and to just be silly and be very open. It really helps fans see that other side of, of a player. Uh, we had a moose giggle, which is always funny. Uh, my, I also really loved uh, John Merrill. Like I said in the original video in my podcast last week, he had this kind of chaotic look about him. You know, he's got his hair all over and he is just, you know, staring and chaotic, but he was whispering some very soothing lines. But this time, his little scene in this one was, it came, went along with the chaotic energy. He's still got the chaos going, but this time he was doing intense puck taps, it even says on the, uh, on the little, on the words. And, and he was just staring very intensely. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. That's John Merrill. And I also saw that in the TikTok comments, which I am not on, but someone did tell me on uh, Twitter, I'm going to call it that, not X, that the admin of social media for the Minnesota Wild did confirm that Connor Dewar loved doing this video. So uh, Dewar, if you listen to this, we loved it. We loved your performance. You could always do more if you feel uh, led that way. And we would love them. So I'm going to get back into Marco Rossi now, because even after the Rangers game, he is still at this point tied for first with Connor Bedard for goals for a rookie. And coming, I mean, I, I think Bedard has more points, but Rossi still has the same amount of goals as Bedard. And I Love that. After all of these setbacks that Marco Rossi has been through, this is exactly what he needed. And like I said, he he went down to the AHL. He went to the Iowa Wild. He was putting goals in the net. He was confident. He came all summer here in Minnesota. And he got what, what Billy G wanted him to get. He got that physical presence. He, you know, beefed up a little bit. He was able to change the way he skates. He was able to just get that confidence. And it is showing. And I also have wondered, uh, right before I recorded this, they put up a couple pictures of the guys getting to the plane to, to travel for their road trip. And one of them was Marco Rossi. And he's got that big scar now kind of on his chin. And I was wondering if maybe that scar has kind of contributed to him feeling very very B.A., 
you know, I don't know if I want to swear on this podcast, but very BA, you know, he's got that nasty scar and he's just like, he's ready. He has been injured in the game, in the sport we all love, and he is pushing on. So to that, uh, a big thank you to Duhame for uh, giving him that confidence with the scar. I'm totally kidding, obviously. Now, before the Rangers game, they we were in a, oh, okay, I don't want to say a dire place. We were in a bad place. The Wild were just, yes, they were looking better, but they still could not win. It just was not happening. And part of the problem, Everson kind of alluded to, was that, first of all, Spurgeon isn't there. Jared Spurgeon is, yes, he's a quiet captain, but he's also the one when things get down and they are not playing their best, he's the one going up and down the bench, kind of calming everyone's nerves and saying like, it's fine, guys. We got this. Keep going. Keep pushing. You know, don't don't shy away from the puck. Like, don't, you know, just calming them down. And they don't have that presence right now. And Everson said that they actually talked to Jules Erickson and Kirill Kaprizov because they're both, you know, obviously Kirill has the A permanently and but Eck is wearing it while Spurgeon is out and kind of said, you guys are being too quiet. You can't you can't do that. If you're going to be a leader, we love that you lead on the ice because they both absolutely do that. But you have to lead off of the ice, too. And that must have worked between between those talking tos and Moose, uh, who obviously is uh, a loud, <laughs> a loud alternate captain. Between that, I think that leadership was really showing. And in that same media scrum, I have to just a side note. I love that Dean Evison just he knows the names of the different reporters that report on the wild. Just one of those things that, you know, makes it a little friendlier and uh, makes it so we know he cares. He cares about the media. He cares about the fans. He cares. He cares enough to know their names. I don't know. Just a simple thing that I noticed. But the Rangers game. Now, this could be a game that we look back on later in the season as hopefully a season changer and a statement win. And I'm going to knock on wood right now, right on the desk here, so that, you know, just to cover, just to cover myself. It was such a big win for the whole team. And there were so many um, moments that, you know, it, it started out and it was not great. And just being able to come back, it felt almost like that team two years ago where it didn't matter what was happening during the first period and a half, even for first two periods, because in that third period, it was like there was a magic switch and the wild would switch it on and they would just put goal, put the puck in the net and they had rockets on. They were just all over the ice. It felt a little bit like that again. This was a game where they wore their 78s. And I know there are mixed feelings. I love them. I, I just do. My, my brother has two of them now. I don't know if I told this story, but uh, if I did, you can just listen again. When we went to the home opener, my brother had bought a Kirill Kaprizov uh, 78 jersey at the little uh, jersey event that they had done earlier. And that was before he was named alternate captain. So it didn't have an A. So we stopped into the hockey lodge. You know, my brother asked like, hey, how long will it take? How much is it? It was a decent price. Like not like, I don't know, it was 
don't quote me, but less than $15. I mean, you know, um, and they said, okay, and it'll only take maybe a week. So he doesn't live around here, but you know, we thought, okay, perfect. I can always go pick it up for him. But he really wanted to have another 78 jersey to wear. So he gave them his Corel jersey to put the put the A on. He went over and he bought a Felino jersey in the 78 that already had the A on it. Put it on. We go to the green carpet event. We're at the green carpet event and he answers his phone. And I was like, what is he doing? We're in the middle of this crowd and he's talking, talking. He finally, you know, I thought maybe work or something. He hangs up and he was like, yeah, that was the hockey lodge. Uh, my Jersey's already done. (laughs) So thank you. Hockey lodge. You are, you are very speedy. We enjoy everything that we buy at the hockey lodge and their service. Anyway, moving up. So this Rangers game, this was a game that was Damon Hunt's Damon Hunt was in the lineup. Uh, They sat Merrill, put Damon Hunt in. We still have Dakota Mermis in also from Iowa. And they both have been skating really well. I I guess I'll put it this way. Um, Hunt and Mermis has been making a big impact. Hunt has been on the third pairing, doesn't have as much time. But the big thing is that I didn't notice any mistakes. And I feel like for defensemen, that's kind of the biggest thing. Like, was there a, a big mistake or did you just not notice them? If you don't notice them, then I feel like they're doing their job. And we had, let's see, we won 5-4. We had four goals during the game. There was Hartman and then uh, X scored immediately after. I don't remember how long, 15 seconds or something, to the point where they were still announcing the Hartman goal before while he was scoring we had zuccarello and then we had rossi score another and i loved rossi's celebration i love he you know skated over and did kind of a little jump up onto the onto the windows by some fans who were just going crazy and i love to see it it felt like a very confident celebration like we've seen kaprizov do that before and it just felt i don't know he doesn't feel like the Marco Rossi we saw last year. And he doesn't even feel like the Rossi that we saw at the beginning of the season. He just, he carries himself with confidence, no matter if he's scoring or if he's celebrating his goal. And then I almost hate to mention it, but Gustafson, we got to talk about Gustafson. What, what is his deal? You know, I don't, I, I don't want to get down on him is the big thing. I don't necessarily think he was a one-year, one-hit wonder. I think he's having a rough patch, obviously. But I don't think he's all of a sudden lost all the ability that he had last year. I almost wonder. Uh, I know that they talk about sometimes when guys will sign a new contract, a big contract, they kind of stop playing like themselves and they try to play in a different way. And that's not going to work. Obviously the reason they signed the contract is because of the way they already were playing. So I almost wonder if Gustafson is just having trouble going back to the way he usually plays. If that makes sense. Not only did he sign this contract and he's got a home here for the next three years, he also became a father over the summer. His life has completely changed. I could see where maybe that leads to some 
you know, some where he some trouble, some trouble in his game. Now, after that third, after he let that third one in, he knew he didn't even wait. He didn't even have to have them wave him in. He just he was done. And I hate to see that. And I heard people were booing him. Guys, we booed the other team. We don't boo the wild. He's having a hard time. That's not going to help. But we got Flower and Net. And honestly, I I think that once they switched from Gus to Flower, I think the it's like the rest of the team had a wake up. You know, now, obviously, Gustafson is the last line of defense. He has to he has to block some of them, but he also has not had great defense in front of him. I feel like there was at least one, maybe even two of those uh, goals that he let in that the defense should have taken care of it before it got back to him. And I think once they pulled Gustafson out, it was kind of this realization of like, man, like we all have to do better. Because after that, they hardly had any play on their side of the ice. They were in the Rangers zone. They were pushing, 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 and they were being just all over them. And you know, Flurry was saying he was bored down there. He didn't have anything to do. And that's kind of, that's what we want. Now, this was the 10th three-goal comeback in franchise history. And that shows the potential of this team. The fact that they were able to do that. If it's a team that is not great, like, yeah, we've been losing. But we have the potential to be better and to do better. We have that. Now, the shootout, we won because we had that great shot from Matt Boldy that went, you know, bar down off the back of the goalie and in, which, uh, I don't know, you know, winning winning a shootout with that was just kind of funny. But then we had Flurry's big save. For anyone who has been worried about, oh, Flurry's washed up, he's getting old. You know what? He is in great shape. And making that save, going from one side of the net to the other and being able to catch that puck with his, like with his leg pad, that is amazing. And the fact that that's how we won, it, you know, shows at the end of the day that there is no quit. And there was a video of after in the locker room and Marcus Felino was giving out the game puck and he was saying, there's no quit. We don't quit. There is no quit on this team. We push, we push through, we push through hard stuff and we get through to the end and we win. And he gives the game puck to Marc-Andre Fleury and Fleury's first thing he says is he's, you know, that at the beginning it was hard on Gussie and you guys picked it up. And I love the way he phrased that because he was saying like, Gus that was a hard time for Gus and it was a hard time for everybody. And once that was realized, the rest of the team was able to get to that next level they needed to be at and push and push and get to a win, even if it was an overtime shootout win. You know, it's not fun to give the Rangers a point, but we still got the two and that's what I'm going to focus on. Now, on Sunday, there was the outdoor practice. I will say I didn't go. I live on the other side of the Twin Cities and just, I don't know. Sometimes I just uh, don't want to go places. (laughs) 
anyway, but it looked like so much fun for everybody. Again, the state of hockey, they turn up. And I know it was great weather. So it wasn't like, I think last year it was like super cold out. This year it was like 50 degrees. So it it's not like it was uncomfortable. But it's just so fun to see people show up and, you know, stand how many deep along the glass and sitting, filling the bleachers just to watch the Wild play three on three. And I love that all the players, they are lapping it up. They are having so much fun and they love being able to do this. And then they're signing everything. People are shoving things at them and they are signing every single thing that gets shoved their way. (laughs) And I like that. I like that they make it a point to do that. Uh, I saw on threads, on the Minnesota Wild uh, account on threads, that there was a video of Damon Hunt and kids are, you know, pushing pucks and hats and stuff his way for him to sign. And at one point he kind of laughs and he's like, do you guys even know who I am? (laughs) And I love that. First of all, just the sense of humor. And he's right. Some of those little kids, I mean, the adults probably know, obviously they keep up on news. The littler kids, they probably have no idea who he is, but they didn't care. He's a Minnesota wild player and that's what they care about. At the end, it was really fun to see the pictures and the videos of all the dads on the wild with their kids out there. You know, you had girl dad Felino getting his two girls out there and, you know, teaching the younger one to skate. And there was flurry with all of his kids dogpiling on top of him. It was just a really fun, it's fun to see that side of them. And then I have to say, you know, again, I have the Jeek bracelet. I'm a fan of Jewel Erickson Eck. And I loved the picture of Uncle Eki helping one of Marcus Johansson's kids skate. Just a cute little extra. And talking of Marcus Johansson, this kind of leads us right into the Wild Left today on a three-game road trip on the East Coast. There was a little bit of worry because yesterday, Johansson did not practice. He was in street clothes. But from what we hear, it was a maintenance day for him. You know, he probably just needed the rest because this morning he was back at team practice. He was back in gear on the ice skating. I don't think there's anything wrong. And I think uh, people got worried also because they announced that they were recalling Nick Patan from the Iowa Wild. But he's just kind of coming along as insurance. You know, they're going to be gone for how many days? Three games. It's nice to have an extra along. They already have an extra D-man also. So this way, you know, if anybody gets hurt, they're still good to go. Now, an important part is they are also bringing Jared Spurgeon along. Spurgeon has been practicing with the team. He was at the outdoor practice yesterday. He has been doing basically everything on the ice. And he's coming along on the road trip. I don't think he will play tomorrow night. I don't think he'll play against the Islanders. But there's a really good chance that he will play at some point at the end of this road trip. Now, the Islanders, we play the Islanders tomorrow night, Tuesday. The Islanders are currently a 5-2-3. and three, And they're having a little tough time, kind of like we are. They had an overtime loss on Saturday. So the opposite of us. Before that, they had they did win third that Thursday, last Thursday, and then they had another overtime loss a week ago Monday. So they're hit or miss. I feel like they are sort of in the same boat that we are. Now, one of the good things about an East Coast 
trip is that instead of starting at like nine o'clock our time when they go to the West Coast, it is 6.30 our time, which is much more manageable. Now, I'm, I'm learning that the word now is one of my quirks that I need to stop saying when I'm podcasting. We'll get there. We'll get there. From the practice this morning, they are going with the same lines. Now, let, <laughs> now let's review the lines. We got the first line now, which is Kaprizov, Boldy, Rossi. That has been working great. They have been so noticeable. They are working just the way you would expect three superstars to work. I love that Rossi was put up there. I kind of hate that they had to do that only because of the team having a hard time in shuffling lines and not necessarily because he had earned his way there or, you know, I, I guess he has earned his way there, but that they had to do it because they needed to do something to help shake everybody up. So then we have the second line, which is uh, Hartman, Johansson, and Zuccarello. That's been another line that it seems like they have meshed well together. Earlier in the season, Johansson and Boldy, they had chemistry. And they, because they both kind of had that speed, but it just hadn't really been clicking. And Boldy had been out of the lineup, came back, wasn't really clicking. They needed something different. So they switched around. And now we have another third line that is heavy, heavy hitters. We've got Maroon. We've got Felino. And we've got Eck in between. It's people are wanting to talk about how it's similar to the grief line. And I get it, obviously, because they have two of the same members. At the same time, you know, Greenway and Maroon are, are different players. But Maroon works really well there. They are just beefy and they will be able to push play into the offensive zone. And then we've got the fourth line, Dewar, Duhame, Letary. And that's been working. You know, I wasn't sure what I thought about Vinny Letary. I, I know he was a good player. I knew that he was very offensive, um, offensive, putting, putting points up uh, when he's in the AHL and such. But I just didn't really know. But he has really fit in on that line. And that line is kind of a, you know, it, it's a fourth line. It's kind of what do they do? you know, they grind, do they score, do they, you know, they're eating up minutes, they're getting out of the zone, they're doing the things that they need to do. Now, there's a day off in between, and then they play the Rangers on Thursday. Again, six o'clock game, great time. We are meeting them again. And it's going to be interesting. When I was looking up stuff for this podcast, I was a little surprised to see that the Rangers record is eight, two, and one. I guess just from the way the Wild have been playing and how they were able to beat the Rangers, I expected them to be a little bit worse, uh, honestly. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see now that they are away from the Excel Center, if the Wild are able to put up that same energy and really push back on the Rangers and hopefully get another win. And it's a back-to-back. -back. So then Friday, they play the Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo Sabres are 6-6-0. Six, six and, oh. and what I like about this is we are getting to see Greenway and Jost again. So Jordan Greenway was traded to the Sabres at trade deadline last year. And he has been 
putting up points and he has been a big part of their team. Uh, I believe he's been playing first line, even first, second line. And he's been fitting in, which is great because last year he really struggled and he needed kind of that uh, jolt. And uh, he was, he's been getting it in Buffalo. And then we have Jost back. I have to admit that I have a soft spot for Jost. Tyson Jost has had a hard time of it. He, again, a little bit like Greenway, he has had trouble finding where he's at and what, what he needs to really get going. He was in Colorado. They traded him for to Minnesota for Nico Sturm. And then Colorado went on to win the Stanley Cup two years ago. And I know that was really hard on Jost. And I understand. He was there for almost the whole season. He contributed to their good record. And then he didn't get to be any part of it with all of those guys. So I get it. And last year, he was great in preseason last year. Really showed up. One of the biggest uh, point gatherers. <laughs> he put some of the most points on the scoreboard for anyone in preseason really looked like he was going to make a splash. And then it just didn't happen for him. It just, nothing was able to click. So he found his way to Buffalo and I think he's been struggling a little bit there, but he's been scratched a few times. He's been in the lineup in the fourth line. I would love to see if that he at least continues on in the lineup and, you know, just selfishly because I have a soft spot for him. I would love if he would be able to move up the lineup a little, like third, third line. But, you know, who knows? Now, all of these three games of the road trip, they're all on Bali. So hopefully Bali will be able to handle all of the subscribers. <laughs> they did a really nice job last game. So I think they've solved their issues. I think they're ready to go. And then once the guys are home, on Sunday, they will take on the Dallas Stars here at the Excel Center, and I will hopefully be there in person because I know that my brother has tickets for it. Anyway, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, I just want to tell you, again, keep the vibes, keep the good vibes going. The Wild are there. They're, they're knocking on the door. They've got that drive back, and they're not going to quit. They're the tide has changed. Winning against the Rangers, they have made a change and it is going to be noticeable from here on out. And I hope they don't make me regret my words. But, you know, no matter what, we're here for the wild. So until then, I will see you later.